Come on, if you need a breakthrough, I've been here. Let me hear you make some noise. Habakkuk 2.4 says the just shall live by faith. But how does one do that? Live by faith. Let's find out today on another edition of Faith to Live By with Pastor Larry Millender and Pastor James Salter. Thank you for joining us today. This is Pastor Larry Meldrum here with my sidekick, my co-host, Pastor James Salter, and this is Faith to Live By. We just ended one program uh, in recording here at Summit Live Church, and we want to continue in the thought of what we were talking about. If you will, Pastor James, we're talking about the kingdom of God, talking about living in the kingdom and not necessarily just living in the kingdom, but having the kingdom live in you Yeah, and and us exemplifying what God's kingdom is here on planet Earth through the nature of God that lives in us. So, if you will, pick up the scripture that you, that we ended on last time in First yeah, Peter. Yeah, First Peter uh, chapter one verse twenty three. We as we begin to get into this thing about kingdom, we, we have to talk about our origin and and what gives us the the right or the authority to be able to think, believe, and and live in the kingdom of God and. Uh, the answer is found in First Peter chapter one verse twenty three. The word says this: "Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever." And so, really, our born again, our new birth, uh, is, is actually a a conception of of the Spirit that that we have been made alive or been given given life in our spirit. And what we have to realize, though, and what is noted here in First Peter, uh, chapter one, that this born again experience, this origin is called incorruptible seed that can't be uh, caused to decay, that can't be spoiled, that can't be ruined, and and, and so what a what a powerful truth to to know that our born again experience, we are now born of incorruptible seed, that we can't be spoiled, can't be tainted. I, I mean, it really changes things when you get a hold of that. I was thinking as you were sharing that in our earlier broadcast, as we were winding that program up, I was thinking about something that Jesus said. And it's in the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, chapter 17, beginning verse 20. And uh, it says, and he was demanded of the Pharisees. The Pharisees was asking Jesus. They said, when the kingdom of God comes, he answered them. And he said, for the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Mm-hmm. Neither shall they say, Lo, it is here, or lo, it is there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. It's kind of like today. People say, well, you're serving God if you're in this church, or if you're in this group, or you're in this body. No. When we get born again, the nature of God comes in us. It doesn't matter what church we affiliate with. You're not born again by the church. You're born again by the kingdom of God. And the scripture you've shared there in First Peter says, we're born of incorruptible seed. Mm-hmm. And it defines what that incorruptible seed is. It says we're born of the word of God. It's the seed of God. I think the, the Greek perhaps is the sperma of God, mm-hmm. the word of God. The word of God is alive. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, for the word that God speaks is alive. It's sharp, it's powerful. The Amplified Bible says it's alive, it's active, it's operative, and it's energizing. So we think about the Word of God, we hear the Word. Paul defined it in, in Romans chapter 10, the best way. He said, how can people hear without a preacher? Mm-hmm. How, can a, how can he preach except he be sent? 
So he goes, he goes through that process. And, and the word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we come to Christ by hearing the word of God. And that word of God, the seed of God, is what transforms our life. It's a transformation. It's a metamorphosis. It's like a butterfly being changed from that caterpillar in a cocoon to a beautiful butterfly that flies around in the air. We experience a metamorphosis. The old man is changed into the new man by the nature of God, by the word of God. His nature is in his word, Pastor James. Mm -hmm. Now I know some people that blows their mind, but the nature of God's in the word of God. We're changed by the word of God. I don't know how many times over 45 years that I've heard somebody preach and man, they preach something and bam, revelation comes to us, comes to me. And I hear something and it, not only did I hear it with my ears, but I hear it with my spirit and it gets on the inside of me. And that's what brings the change from the inside. Right. And, and that's, that's what transformation really is all about. It's, it's the, the, the inside, what's taking place in our spirit, growing and maturing and begins to affect every area of our life, even externally. Um, what's really uh, amazing, though, uh, when we talk about uh, this incorruptible seed, the, the fact, you know, just kind of thinking about, uh, we know that life in the natural begins at conception. And, um, you know, there are many that don't believe that. I, I, I believe it and I know it to be true. Um, but at conception, uh, that embryo, all of a sudden at conception doesn't become full grown. It goes through it goes through a process of growth and change. And then, you know, nine months plus later, out comes a baby. Um, but we know that the baby's life didn't begin when it came to the womb. It began at conception. But even when you have a baby, I've got two teenagers at home now, Pastor Larry. Um, you, know, you know that. One's 16, going on 17. One's 14, going on 15. They're still growing. They're still changing. But guess what? Their life began at conception. And so spiritually speaking, Pastor Larry, if we're born again of incorruptible seed, that means... When the new birth took place, life began, but we're growing. It's, it's evolving. It's maturing. And if it's incorruptible, then it's going to finish what it started. God always finishes what he starts. And so sometimes we get down on ourselves and, and get, get frustrated and struggle and we become our worst enemy when, when really just remind ourselves, I'm born of incorruptible seed that can't be corroded, that can't be spoiled or ruined. And I'm, I'm in a process of transformation and change and God's going to finish what he starts. Well, I think you nailed it right there. There's something there that uh, maybe just elaborate on for just a few moments. But too often, I think we see ourselves as we are. Hmm. God sees us through his potential in us. God sees us through his nature in us. You know, the psalmist said this. So he said, Lord, if you marked iniquity, if you kept a record of our wrongs, who could stand? None of us could. We're all subject to fail. But think about the nature of God on the inside of us. And as you were talking earlier, I thought about this scripture. It's in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, And ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you 
than he that is in the world. Then you go down to verse 17. It says, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. That's mind blowing right there. Mm -hmm. As he is, so are we in this world. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It's kind of like this. Thank God I'm not who I used to be. But I'm not yet who I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. I am a work in progress. Mm -hmm. God has a process of developing us. It's, it's, a, it's not a one-time deal, Pastor. We get born again. We're changed. I mean, we're born again. We belong to God. But then there's the process of growth and maturity, the process of sanctification, of us being set apart, separated unto Him. It's God becoming big in our life. The, the less we are, the greater he is. We think about some of the great men and women of old, and especially in the in book of Hebrews, chapter 11, Hall of Fame of Faith, and then those that have come afterwards, Smith Wigglesworth, Amy Seppel McPherson, yeah. Oral Roberts. We think about various ones who have been so mighty in the kingdom of God. We call them generals. Mm -hmm. We're all have the capability and the, the, the potential to be like that because the greater one lives on the inside of us. It's not a different God to Oral Roberts than it is to me. It's not a different God to Smith Wigglesworth than it is to me. He's the same God. It's the same spirit. The Bible says that we having the same spirit of faith. The kingdom of God comes to us through the new birth, but then we grow, we develop, we mature, we become I love that scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are become new. I've always said all things are becoming new. Because I think one, some people think, well, I got born again. Bam, it's all, I'm all different right now. Where you're, you're saved, but then you begin to grow. I remember I was telling the lady that got baptized on Saturday morning at the community pool. I said, Elaine, I came to Christ. The first year that we were born again, I was like uh, schizophrenic, I guess, spiritual schizophrenic. I was up and down like a yo-yo. I didn't understand things. I had been smoking. I had smoked cigarettes from the time I was 11 or 12 years old until I was almost 20 when I got born again. Never liked them, never enjoyed them. Uh, other kids were smoking. I picked it up. And when I came to Christ, I was convicted about it. And I wanted to give them up. And I, I would try. I'd attempt to do it. And, and then next thing I know, I'd be around people smoking. I'd say, give me one of those cigarettes. And I'd put it in my mouth. I torched it up. And I remember one night I was working for Buckeye in the forestry. We had a forest fire. I was working probably what year it was. It had to be 1975, I guess. We hours of the morning after midnight out on a forest fire, we were taking a break. And there was a couple of guys I was working with. They smoked. And one of them torched up a cigarette. And I said, give me one of those. Well, he knew I was church goer. He knew I was been living for the Lord. And he said, what? You want one of these? I said, give me one of those. It's Mar Marlboro's. That's what I smoked. He said, okay. So he handed it to me. I lit it up. I went to take a puff of that cigarette. I can remember it like we just said. We're talking now 44 years ago. I took a big drag off of that cigarette and I heard a voice say to me, he said, go ahead and enjoy this one. There won't ever be another one. And from that day to this, I have never had another one wow. in my mouth. Never another one. Didn't even finish that one. <laughs> Didn't finish it. 
I knew God just spoke to me. But I had struggled. I said all that to say that I had struggled for almost a year about quitting, picking them up, putting them down, picking them back up. And sometimes I'd go five or six weeks and not smoke. But it was a process of becoming new. You follow me? Mm -hmm. Back then, I could cuss like a sailor. Man, I could. Somebody told me one time, said, you are about the best cusser that I have ever heard. I could do some cussing. Now, I mean, I could use some bad language. And uh, I had it down. I mean, I, I had mastered it. And they told me, and, and I thought it was a big thing. Then they said, boy, you're about the best cusser I have ever heard. You, you've cussed like a sailor. When I got born again, that began to change. I used some horrible language back then, but it began to change because I felt a conviction in my heart, felt that the Lord dealt with me about it. It didn't change overnight. I mean, it still would come out. But in the process of 45 years, there's been a lot of growth and development. So that's part of the the transformation that I experienced, and I think other people experience the same thing. And too often we get down on ourselves because we have a failure. Yeah, and I mean that's the the, the the beautiful, powerful truth of being born again of incorruptible seed. It's 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 forever working in us. You know, the the word of God you know, is also referred to as being washed by the water of the word. You know, the, the, the word of God is so so needed um, in all of our lives and um, I, I remember just in, in my walk and in my born again experience and being called into the ministry, Pastor Larry, man, the first two, three, four years, man, I always had the word going in tape or uh, listening to sermons. Um, but it is what gave me the foundation that uh, I have been standing on uh, now for, you know, 28 years of ministry. And, um, and so the word of God does make a big difference. And every time we meditate on it and we read it and we uh, quote it and we stand on it and we believe it and it interacts back with us, then there's transformation that's taking place. There's growth that's taking place. There's progress that's taking place. And it is, it's awesome to know that God has said, I'm going to complete what I start. I'm going to finish. I'm the author and the finisher. And so we just got to just maintain, rest in him, lean into him, and and trust him that he knows exactly what he's doing. And he does. Well, you know, it's kind of like this. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verse uh, 10, it says, And we have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. We have to put that on. I mean, I got up this morning. I got up to, to work out. I did my exercise workout first thing in the morning. I got up this morning. I took off my pajamas and I put on my workout clothes. It's the same way spiritually. We take off the old nature through the new birth and put on the nature of Christ. We have to, to robe ourselves mm-hmm. with the nature of Christ. You know, and, and we, uh, it's kind of like this. We talk, I talked about giving up cigarettes earlier in my younger days. Um, a lot of times I think God will, will, through the Holy Spirit, He will take things from us that are bothering us. And then there comes a place where we have to be willing to give them up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are not willing to change. Remember Brother Higgins telling a story one time, said there was someone that he had ministered to back when he pastored a church that they were trying to get rid of cigarettes, trying to give them up. And he said, you know, from here on, 
Every time you put one to your lips, just tell the Lord, I'm doing this for the glory of God. He said, didn't take but one or two. And he didn't do that anymore. He said, I didn't get any glory out of him puffing those cigarettes. But we have to be willing to give up the old nature. You know, in the new birth, we're changed by the, and transformed by the power of God, by the word of God. But don't keep going back to things. You know, um, after I got born again, I never went back to the bar. Never went back to smoking weed. Never went back to doing those type of things. You know, I started wanting to let them go, to give them up in my life. Didn't want to be the person that I was before. So that transformation of becoming more like Jesus is a choice that we make as well as what God does is what we decide. Yeah. I, I don't know if I, maybe on a previous broadcast, I might have uh, said something about this, but I remember several weeks ago ministering there uh, at Church 360 at your place in Tallahassee. Dur- during worship, the Lord spoke to me, he, and I heard this down in my spirit. He said this, transformation is really, it's real simple. It's just when your when your mind and your body comes into alignment with what's happened in your spirit. And when I when I heard the Spirit of God speak that to me, my first thing I had to do is like think about well, is transformation really that easy? Because at times it feels like it's real hard and it's a struggle, and I almost become spiritual spiritually bipolar. You know, we've all been there. Um, but um, but the reality of it is that that transformation and change because of the incorruptible seed. It's really simple. It's just when we take our thoughts and our emotions and actually even consecrate our body to to the Lord and and knowing that all I got to do is just live out of my spirit and allow those other areas of my life to come into alignment with the word of God, meaning that's that's my compass. Um, That's half the battle there, Pastor Larry, and, and, and living a life of faith and living a victorious life and living a life of fulfillment. Um, when we when we can get a hold of this and, and know that you know change really can be easy, and we have to change our view of our perception of change. Some people don't want to change. Other people, I think, are, are open to allowing themselves to grow and to and to mature. I know that I am, and I think it's that that being. Being pliable to the Lord, I think, has a lot to do with our level of maturity as well. Well, there's a willingness on our part to want to change. I was talking to someone about a year ago, one day, young person, they were involved in drugs. They love God. I mean, there's no doubt. They love God with all their heart. Uh, I believe they're called to ministry. But they've gotten into the drug culture, running with a crowd. They have enjoyed the excitement of that culture that they've lived in. You, you've been there. I've been there. They were talking to me about their, their passion for God, their love for God. And they said, well, Pastor Larry, I just can't give this stuff up. So you got to want to do it. Yeah. you got to want to give yeah. it up. you got to want to be better. You've got to want change. I remember I had a kid told me one time in our church years ago, I was preaching about change. And uh Change is inevitable from a natural standpoint because we go through changes every day. I mean, I can look in the mirror and see I've changed in 65 years. There's a lot of change. Mm-hmm. But that young kid said to me, about 11 or 12 years old, said, Pastor, said, there's something about change. said, change is not change till you change. Yeah. <laughs> I said, that's good. You're coming from a young teenager. Yeah. Change is not change till you change. So you have to want to grow in the things of God and, and having the nature of God uh 
increase in us if we can. You know, just God wants us to grow in Him and become everything He has planned for us to be. Well, and and as you noted, you know, there there are some shifts and and changes that are easier than others, uh, especially you know someone has struggled with an area in life for a long time. It becomes a stronghold. It, it becomes tough, but it's not impossible. And and I do I do believe that again there there are some things that are just it's it's almost seamless. There are some things hard, and it's in those moments of of the difficult ones that we have to really intentionally focus on the focus on the things of the Lord intentionally, getting the Word intentionally, worship and intentionally gather with other believers so that our faith um, can can be strengthened. And and really, what it comes down to is is is, is our is is our want to big enough. And um, I know this as a as a as our Heavenly Father is good and He's perfect, Pastor Larry. I know His heart is for us. He wants the best for us. He has a plan for us. And He's even told us that with Him, nothing is impossible. So we just got to make that quality decision and, and just follow through trusting Jesus every step of the way as we embark on this journey of transformation. And we won't sit here today and tell you that are listening that that's an easy thing to do. I mean, sometimes it is a battle of the flesh versus the spirit. Yeah. Um, our flesh, the fleshly part of us, the, the, the human side of us, the natural part of us doesn't always want to do right. But the spirit does. It's a war. The Bible says that the carnal man is in enmity. Against God, it means it's against the things of God, and it's the reason a lot of times people. And I, I shared this with that young person talking to me about the drug culture they were involved in. He said, "I don't want to do this stuff, Pastor. I don't want to do it." Well, part of them does want to do it, but said, "I don't want to do this." I said, "You're in a warfare. It's a battle against the flesh and the spirit. Your spirit man wants to live for God. Your flesh wants to live." your way to satisfy you. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. There's always pleasure in sin. But in order to be kingdom-minded, you have to get the kingdom concept inside of you that you can live an overcoming life. You can live a victorious life. I I was sharing with the church that I was preaching that on Sunday. I said, God's called us to live a victorious life. Now, I don't care what you've been taught. He didn't call you to be down and out. He didn't call you to be beat up. He called you to live a victorious life. He's called you to live above and not beneath. Mm-hmm. He has called you to be the head, not the tail. He didn't say that you were going to go through this life and be defeated every day of your life. Mm-hmm. And when when people have that, that worldly mindset, they think, well, woe is me. I'm never going to rise above. I'm never going to get out of this. I'm never going to overcome this. That is a world mindset. The, the kingdom mindset says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The kingdom mindset says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The kingdom mindset says, I have the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith. The kingdom mindset says, I can be of good cheer. He's given me peace. He's overcome the world. He's inside of me. So a lot of it has to do with, you preached this a couple of Wednesday nights ago here in your church that we have to change our mind. If we change our mind, we change our life. And when we change our mind to start thinking on the things of God, as a man thinketh in his heart so easy, you have to start thinking kingdom. You have to start thinking 
God things, spiritual things. And when you do that, things begin to change in your life. Well, and and here's here's something that's uh, really noteworthy in in a, in a moment like this is that I think I think what we've really kind of been talking about the last couple of broadcasts really boils down to this thing called identity. I think a lot of a lot of believers are in an identity crisis. They they really don't know who they are in Christ and who Christ is in them. And one of the one of the things that really has has touched my heart the last several months as I've meditated and and uh, thought on Jesus being the perfect example of who the Father was. If you look at Jesus's ministry, Pastor Larry. He was attracted to people and their issues and their problems and their sin and their sicknesses and their diseases. And so it, it, it really, a few months ago, man, I heard someone say that Jesus is not repelled by our dirt. He's attracted to it. And until we understand and really believe and receive the fact that Jesus loves us unconditionally, um, we'll always live a life that is as struggling where condemnation and guilt that that seesaw bipolarness but when we get that settled that we know beyond the shadow of doubt that Jesus loves me and he's passionate about me he cares and he cares and he's a pursuer of me when I know that 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 right there in knowing my identity as a beloved son that's all I need right there to get me through any obstacle any failure, any issue in life, knowing my identity that I am a son and Jesus loves me unconditionally. Boy, that's powerful. That that truly is powerful. The the bottom line is this, and I, I remember hearing this back in the seventy. God loves us too much to leave us like we are. Yeah. And then I added to that later on, said God loves you too much to leave you where you are. You know, He's for us. The Pharisees, the scribes, they tried to chastise Jesus about the people that he hung around with, the people he went to, he associated with, he identified with. You know, um, think think about Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector, despised. I mean, a profession that was hated. Mm -hmm. He overtaxed people. He stole from them. He was a swindler, a defrauder. But when Jesus was coming into the city, Zacchaeus, being a short stature, he climbed into a tree. And uh, out of all the crowd around, we don't know how many were there. It could have been thousands. Out of all the people that was out there, as Jesus was coming into town, he beheld Zacchaeus in the tree. And uh, he told him, he's come, come down from there. Uh, I'm going to go have dinner at your house. And they chastised Jesus for it. I mean, they, they said, man, does he know who he's associating with? He, this is a sinner, a vile sinner, a tax collector at that. And he's going to go to his house. But Jesus was a friend of sinners. No. Oh, he, thank God he's a friend of sinners. That means he's, a, he's my friend, your friend. Mm -hmm. And even Jesus said, he said, the whole don't need a physician. He said, the sick have need of a physician. He was the great physician. That's what we know him as. So he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to that which couldn't redeem itself. Man can't redeem himself. They tried in the Old Testament. They sacrificed a many a turtle dove, lamb, yeah. ram, bull, sacrificed. Man trying to atone for sin but couldn't do it. So we have to recognize that today that Jesus loves us just like we are yeah. for who we are. And with his nature and ability in us, we can experience the change. And he and He knows that there's there's more for us. And that, like you said just a moment ago, doesn't want to leave us 
where we are because his love is so great too because of the the future is so bright and the potential is so great and God is so big on the inside of us and so yeah, I know we got about 30 to 40 seconds left in this broadcast but I just want to say this to to our listeners if you've been in a battle and you've been in that seesaw of wanting to give up and or keep going and then wanting to quit and then decide to keep going listen don't give up don't quit because God's never quit on you he's never quit on us he never will quit on any of us and so we just keep by faith putting one foot in front of the other knowing that our best is yet to come I think what he's saying today pastor you're just telling people that you gotta walk it out gotta walk you gotta walk it out day by day um the, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. You should kind of take a step. You've got to trust the Lord. And even if you fail, so what? Get back up. Well, Start that, it again. Well, that first step is just simply a decision. That's the first step, making a quality decision. So we encourage you today, make that quality decision to walk with God. He's not going to quit on you. He's not going to give up on you. He believes in you. He sees the potential in you. And I believe that God's determined to bring it out. You've been listening to Faith to Live By with Larry Melander and James Salter. Larry is the senior pastor of Church 360 in Tallahassee, and you're invited to join them for Sunday services at 9 a.m. and Wednesday services at 6.30 p.m. And find them online at church360.life. James is the senior pastor of Summit Life Church in Crawfordville with Sunday morning prayer at 8 a.m. and worship at 10.30 a.m. And Wednesday Life Group is at 7 p.m. Find them online at summitlifechurch.net. To hear past programs, look up Faith to Live By in your podcast app. And join us every Thursday at 11.30 for Faith to Live By here on Wave 94.